It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Anthony, did you see today that Two Chains is coming to D.C.? I think it's April 5th uh, for a Wizards postgame concert. Oh, man. So all you got to do is go to the game, and then you get a free Two Chains concert after. Dang. Which is crazy. I can't believe they got Two Chains to do that. I know. Because I feel like Two Chains could be like, I'm going to Capital One Arena, and he would sell it out. Easily. Like, yeah, no, but he, dude loves hoop. So he used to hoop. The concert series. He did. Uh, it's funny, Clinton, I don't know what, I haven't read the text message yet, but I'm name dropping and he's going to be on the show tomorrow anyway. Uh, but Clinton just texted me. Clinton did a big uh, E60 piece on 2 Chains in his high school basketball career a couple years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, it was very, very good. He got to hang out with him. Um, and now every time 2 Chains comes on, Rachel is like, 2 Chains, Clinton knows him. It's <laughs> kind of a funny uh, inside joke. Yeah. But it's not really inside or a joke. It's true. Mm-hmm. Clinton, Clinton got to spend some time with 2 Chains. Maybe we'll talk about that on the show tomorrow. Possibly. Maybe we won't. Uh, I know Yates has some stuff on, on Del Rio, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, right now, though, we talk to you, 301-230-0980. It's the H-Law listener line. If you're in a wreck, H-Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. Let's go to – I feel we had Greg in Gaithersburg, Ant. Now we got Lee and Laurel. I feel like these are fake names, but we're going to go to Lee and Laurel. Uh, Lee, thanks for calling. You're on the Hoffman Show. Hey, how's it going? Going well, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of piggyback on what uh, piggyback on what Greg said. We definitely don't need quarterback. It's not our biggest priority. Um, I think we should be looking at trying to trade down and get multiple picks instead of trying to uh, raid the top spots on, on, on the draft board. But you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, GM is going to be our biggest uh, acquisition, and then uh, head coach. So that's just my two cents, man. I'll leave it to you guys. Thanks. All right, Lee. Thanks for the call. Um, I hadn't really thought of the trade down thing yet because, like, I don't want to turn this into, like, look, the season's going to end January, what, 7th, I think, something like that, uh, is the last game, January 8th. Um, and then, and then we're going to talk about the draft until damn near May. We're going to have time to preview draft stuff. I think it's imperative that with their first pick, whenever that is, they get an elite player. They will not, in the Ron Rivera era, ever have a different guy than when he got here be the best player on the team. When he got here, it was either John Allen or Terry McLaurin. And when he leaves, it will be John Allen or Terry McLaurin. That's inexcusable. And those guys are real good, but there is a level above each of them. Where if you had the actual best player at your at a position. And by the way, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is like how good is this roster and the youth on it. And something I want to do at six o'clock is looking at a list that ESPN just put out of they, they called it the all youngster team. And they did two deep, so uh, 44 players, 22 players, uh, of course, 11 on each side of the ball, and you go two deep, that's 22 uh, first team, 22 second team, 44 players. And I have to look at the second team, but on the first team, there wasn't a single commander. So, like, you don't have any of the best young players in the sport, despite the fact that your team is, like, all young players. That's not good. And I know they've been in some tough draft spots because they've been stuck in the middle of the first round. But, like, other teams get lucky. And it's not like the good team. Like, the 49ers have, have players on that list. They weren't necessarily first-round picks. Like, Tafunga, the safety. 
He's on the list. Commanders have drafted him. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah. So I, I think that that's the, that's the really frustrating part about this is, you know, is the team in a better position now than when he got here? Sure. But a lot of that positioning is going to have to do with draft capital and, and cap space as opposed to, hey, he actually like thoroughly improved the 53 situation. Uh, 301-230-0980. Back to the Ace All Listener line. We go on this vibe check Tuesday. Let's go to our guy, Saeed, at Upper Marlboro. Saeed, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, good, good. Question for you. Okay. I, I'm really, like, when people when people talk about Sam and they talk about Dotson and they talk about all these young players, I personally, I don't think that Rivera has ever, he doesn't have a resume that shows he's ever been able to develop a talent from good to great or great to best. He's never shown, uh, Scott Turner before, you know, with the offensive coordinator, has never shown he's been able to do that. Maybe his dad did, but he didn't. Uh, you know, Del Rio has never shown that he can take good and make it great uh, or better, make it best. They, they don't have any resume. In fact, they don't even have a resume with developing coaches underneath them to, be, to go from good to better, better, best, and all that. So my question is, how can we talk about what we, what we know we have? Like you mentioned, C.J. Stroud, he's better. Like, yeah, sure, production-wise, stats-wise, maybe some of the intangibles you see, he might be better. But how do we know what we have if the people who are paid to coach them, put them in the right spot, draw up the right schemes, they've never shown the ability to develop that. Right. So I don't even know. Like, if if you were to take yeah. Sam Howe right now and and let's go crazy, let's put him on the Chiefs. Are you saying that he's going to produce the exact same under Andy Reid, under Matt Nagy, and those guys? I don't think so. I feel like he'll learn more. I feel like he'll have more experience. Of course. So how do you know going into the draft next year? Like you're saying, if we get top four, top five, top six pick, how do you know what you have? Maybe let's say in in Sam Howe, if I don't want to go too far and call him incompetent. You know, I'm trying to be respectful. But, like, I have no faith in these guys taking a guy off the street that is a third round and making him play like he's a two or a five making him play no, like I, he's a four. I hear you, Saeed. So I'm, just, a, I'm yeah. really in a tough spot there. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the sentiment. It's something that I've started to talk about because I think that we have swung too far in the narr- – the narrative has swung too far that this is an untalented roster, and I don't believe that that's the case. Um, and the short answer is I don't, um, the longer answer is that's why scouts get paid. Like it is on the job of the scouts to be able to, and especially when you're an in-house scout, right? Like, so you're a new GM, you come in, you've watched tape, but now you start watching tape with guys or you interview them and you get to know your roster and you can be like, Hey, what happened on this play? And the player might be like, they told me to do this and then they told me to do that. And I was confused. So I tried to do this thing, but it actually was that. And they didn't prepare us for that. Like if it's a bunch of stuff where you're like, wow, these guys were coached like crap. Um, I really liked this player coming out. And in certain situations, I see physical gifts that I think that schematically we can repeat. Then that's a player that's very useful. Um, I think the irony of what you said though, Saeed is Ron Rivera does have that track record earlier in Carolina. He didn't apply any of those skills here in Carolina. He had Luke Keekley, who might be the best middle linebacker of all time. 
Um, and Luke was probably going to be that anywhere, but he was that under, under Ron, uh, defensively. And yeah, by the yeah. way, coach wise, Sean McDermott, who's done a hell of a job in Buffalo and was under Ron for a long time in Carolina. He also had Starla Tulele and, and some other talented defensive linemen. He had Josh Norman, the oh, best years that saying, Josh had were, yeah. were there. Yeah, I'm not the problem saying is that he like never they had came here. The problem is they came here is, and like, they didn't install the same system. Ron has been very hands-off. Like, Ron, some of the things that he did well previously in San Diego, in Chicago, in Carolina, he didn't even bother trying here. Um, and I think that's what's really disappointing about his tenure um, amongst a zillion other things is, and why I'm intrigued over the next couple of weeks is, like, can he find a simpler system that cleans up the mental side for guys and allows them to shine? But at the end of the day, like GM, assistant GM, your pro scouts, like they're going to have to have, and your new coaching staff is going to have to make these decisions based off of what they've seen from these players and take their best guess. Because I agree, schematically, they have not been maximized at all. Um, as for Sam, like, you know, you're going to have to make a determination. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people are going to come in with bias. They're going to come in and say, what did I think of him coming out of college? And that's going to color what they thought. I mean, I guess the good news is a lot of offensive coaches really liked him coming out of college. Um, and so we'll see. You know, How does he fit? What are the things he does well? What are the things he doesn't? How does that fit with the current scheme? Um, and, and the other thing, the last point I'll make on this, because this is a topic we're going to talk about a lot, and so – uh, there will be plenty of more time to, I think, discuss this is there's no such thing as like a scheme agnostic evaluation. Everything is about how does this player fit for me? I don't care if a player is the best nose tackle of all time. If I play a four, three and I need him to play a one, a shade, a, a one technique. And like when a dude's, when, when it's a different position, he's not as good. He's just like an average, average one technique, average shade but he's a Hall of Fame nose tackle. It doesn't help me if I don't play him at nose tackle. And so um, that's just an oversimplified example. But, you know, we talk about, oh, well, what would he be in San Francisco? What would he be in Kansas City? I don't care. I care about how they'll be here. And we don't even know what that's going to look like yet. So it's hard to make that adjustment. And so, like, to wrap this up, a guy like Benjamin St. Juice, if I'm going to play a Superman heavy or a Kendall Fuller, if I'm going to play a Superman heavy scheme and I've seen what's happened to them in man-to-man -man coverage this year, I probably want new corners. If I'm going to play a ton of zone. I might be a little bit more interested. It's the Hoffman show. We're on the team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Wrap up vibe check Tuesday. Next, the first hour of our Tuesday show with your calls. 301-230-0980. That ACLA listener line wide open for you.